Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 167 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 169 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. And this was a very hectic episode of Monday Monday Night Raw, not in a bad way, but due to some travel issues, half the crew was not on last night's show. The show had to be rewritten at various points. This was not a Vince McMahon directive. He was not in Seattle last night for the show. I don't know if he was ever intended to be there in person. Maybe travel issues got to him too. But in terms of the overall vibe of Monday Night Raw, it was much better than last week, which was a hot ass mess. It broke me to the point. I did not do a Raw verdict last week. I did a little special recapping WrestleMania weekend and the fallout regarding in the cell to WWE to endeavor to merge UFC and WWE as one giant conglomerate and in doing so Vince McMahon does reassume some power in terms of the creative process and you felt that via last week's show which was very chaotic in nature Smackdown was much better it lacked that Vince McMahon touch even Monday's show without a full crew on hand was a Paul Levesque production thankfully and I hope it stays that way moving forward that one week panic drove me into a tizzy and I do not want Vince back in this company running day-to-day creative pitching ideas that suck and just trying to ruin the vibe that has been built by Paul Levesque over the last eight to nine months. Is it perfect at all times? No, but I value consistency and shit making sense over an old man shaking shit up when things make no sense. So hopefully last week was an anomaly. It was an aberration and we're back to where we were heading into WrestleMania season, calm, cool, and steady. But let's dive into last night's show ever so briefly, going down live from the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, a hot crowd most of the way through with a few exceptions as Rey Mysterio comes out to a huge pop. Our WWE Hall of Famer tries to relive the glory of his induction last weekend in LA, but Unfortunately, he goes into the fact that he had to face his son at WrestleMania to humble him on the grandest stage of them all. That leads to Dominic coming out to a lot of heel heat, telling his dad to keep his name out of his mouth. And he goes into how Bad Bunny basically cost him the match at WrestleMania, but he paid him back in kind by way of Damian Priest choke slamming Bad Bunny through the announce table the night after WrestleMania night two. Monday Night Raw last Monday, one of the few highlights from last week's show. And he played the clip repeatedly to get under Ray's skin. But Ray let Dom know that, hey, even though your guy put a hurting on Bad Bunny, he's all right. He's going to come back very soon and get his revenge on Damian Priest, former tag team partner and friend out of WrestleMania a couple of years ago against The Miz and John Morrison. And Dom says, you're not my family. My family is Judgment Day. And Ray says, well, your family's not here. If you got the cojones, come to me directly, one-on-one. Let's do our WrestleMania rematch right here tonight in Seattle. And Dom says, no, I don't feel like working tonight, but I got somebody that is ready to face you. It is Finn Balor coming out for this match one-on-one. And I got to admire 
Finn's toughness. This guy's got a great two calf tear, I believe. And he had 14 stitches stapled into his head after WrestleMania when he got busted open by Edge via that ladder shot during the Hell in a Cell match a week or so ago. So he's been through it physically. But once again, he comes out with swag and big dick energy for days. And he and Ray have a match that was not on tap for last night's show, but they filled the gap nicely in front of the live crowd. And Dom was at ringside causing trouble throughout this match as Finn was in control early on until Ray delivers a baseball slide splash to Finn Balor on the floor. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Finn Balor blocks the 619 with a gut check and a clothesline to Ray at one point. Ray does land her Karana off the top rope after Finn goes for the shotgun drop kick in the corner. And in doing so, he finally lands a 619, but Balor gets his knees up on a frog splash by Ray and goes for a cradle for a near fall. As Balor distracts the referee, Dom is on the apron to deliver a chain shot to the face to his father. But Ray ducks that and delivers a dive to both Balor and Dominic on the outside. But as he gets back in position, Dominic Mysterio wraps that chain around his fist, knocks out his dad, and Finn Balor takes advantage by delivering the coup de gras in the ring for the one, two, three. Very good match between two of the very best in WWE. Two season vets going out there putting on a show on short notice. And I do foresee the possibility of Bad Bunny returning to WWE just in time to host Backlash of Puerto Rico and team Very Mysterio against Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio from Judgment Day. But as always, we shall see on that. But Ray and Dom still deliver on the mic with this blood feud that continues to bubble over post WrestleMania season. I do expect another singles match down the road to really add more angst and drama to this feud, which is by far one of the best things going on on WWE TV today. Next up is supposed to be Becky Lynch and Lita, the reigning defending WWE Women's Tag Team Champions going up against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez for set titles. But Lita was attacked in a backstage phantom ambush earlier in the day. We have Liv and Raquel finding her on the floor. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus will upon the scene and they accuse Liv and Raquel of laying out Lita. They deny the allegations. And this leads to Trish Stratus volunteering her services to team up with Becky Lynch to help her defend these titles against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I'm going to be very real. This match was not good. It was very clunky and rough around the edges. The crowd heat was practically non-existent besides some near falls. They got the crowd going towards the end. This was an ice cold match that lacked heat And it was not fluid at all. Everything felt off. And I love me some Tristratus. She's my girl next to life, a forever goddess. But she was off in this match. She was making pinfalls when she wasn't supposed to. She was in the ring when she wasn't supposed to doing tag team tandem spots with Becky Lynch. It was just a mess. We had a Tower of Doom spot with Raquel powerbombing Trish and Becky Lynch at the same time and then assist from Liv Morgan. We had Becky going for a diamond dust, but then it just goes all wrong when she lands on Liv Morgan for reasons. Then we have Liv laying oblivion on Becky, but Becky turns that into a manhandle slam that is broken up by Raquel Rodriguez who pulls Becky out of the ring and then Becky lays out Raquel and then it comes down to Trish getting the hot tag from Becky. She goes for the chick kick on Liv Morgan, Liv Duxon, and Rose Up Trish for the one, two, three to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions alongside Raquel Rodriguez, who's now a two-time Tag Team Champion on the main roster, three-time if you can NXT. And I thought the finish was good. 
but the match was very rough. Trish landed a nice bulldog on Raquel Rodriguez, went for a head a couple of times. It was all right, but the body of this match was a wreck. I hate to say it, but it's true, but I'm very happy for Liv and Raquel for being the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. After the match is over, Trish and Becky have words in the ring, and it feels amicable at first, and then Becky turns around, and she's attacked immediately by Trish from behind. I sense this coming from last week's Raw when Trish kind of ignored Byron Saxton backstage, and her demeanor was very cold and standoffish. She attacked Lita. I fully believe that. And she landed a chick kick on Becky Lynch and Becky sort of beautifully. So I like the fallout from the matchup between Levin Raquel and Becky and Trish. And this is Trish in her element. She's a great heel. She has not been a heel since shit. I would say early 2005 before she went on her break and came back in the fall of 05. When she was still the WWE Women's World Champion. And this is her shot and her twilight years to deliver as a heel. If she could cut promos like she did back in 04 and 05, it's going to be good. We'll see how the fans respond to her, because once again, she's a Hall of Fame legend in the game. And sometimes the fans don't want to boo you, but if you do your job and you get that heat, is very doable. We'll see about it in the next week or so. I want to see how Trish sells this on the microphone, how Becky responds, and what they ultimately do in the ring against each other when it counts most because that's going to be the big test. The tag team effort was not there in reality and in storyline, and I need a bit more from both ladies to really sell me on this feud moving forward. I love them both equally, but we'll see how it goes in the weeks to come as we move on to a really fun match involving Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. This is the very definition of a big hoss battle of two guys going at it and the fans warm up to the action the longer it goes on. And this is probably the most heated Bronson Reed match on the main roster to date. Bobby Lashley was great in this match as the fighting baby face that was big hossing Bronson Reed around after Bronson Reed knocked him out of the ring. As we go to commercial break, we come back and... Bobby Lashley is going to, with the greatest of fucking ease, lift up Bronson Reed for a vertical suplex out of nowhere and the fans pop. And I'm like, damn, Bobby's strength is ridiculous. Then he goes for the hurt lock, but Bronson Reed just throws himself onto Bobby Lashley to break the hold. And then Reed goes up top of the tsunami splash. Lashley tries to break it up from the top rope, but Reed knocks him down with a diving body block for a near fall. And then Lashley comes back and once again, with the greatest of ease, lifts him up for the spine buster and the crowd pops again. The crowd goes for Lashley. They love him. Goes for the hurt lock once again. But Reed is going to use his power to get them out of the ring and onto the floor. And from there, they're slugging it out. But the referee's doing the 10 count. And he counts both guys out when Reed sends Lashley into the ring post. And the fans jeer at the finish. But it's not over. As we got Reed and Lashley throwing shots back and forth. The fans love the brawl that's broken up by referees. And I loved This match, for the time given, two big horses putting on a show. The fans were alive for it. Bobby was over. Bronson had his pops as well because he is that dude. And I'm so glad people are seeing that via the main roster. And I want to run it back, preferably a backlash between these two guys who can go out there and deliver a banger 
with ease. And Bobby Lashley, once again, has proven to us he can get any crowd into anything via his power and strength alone. Next up is Cody Rhodes coming out, and this dude is still over. I'm so happy for that because WrestleMania still irks me a bit. I still feel as if WWE missed a moment, but Cody Rhodes is in the pocket right now on the microphone. I think he's top five in the game today, period, because he draws you in. He's captivating to watch, and every promo he's cut since returning to WWE at the Royal Rumble has not missed. And last night was no exception. He talks about having a singular focus, whether it's Seth Rollins, his touring pack, his return at the Royal Rumble, his mission statement to finish his story at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But things are a bit foggy these days, and he doesn't know what he really wants to talk about. But what he does know is that he feels bad about losing at WrestleMania. He lost to Roman Reigns. Was it fair in terms of how it went down? No, but he takes full accountability for what happened, and the fans boo because they think, dude, you got screwed. It's not on you, but Cody takes full accountability for what went down at WrestleMania eight to nine days ago. So he goes in on a friend named Matt who told him, hey, being a part of WrestleMania is a big deal. You basically won by losing, but Cody's like wins and losses matter. Damn the prestige of being in the main event. If you don't win, I have nothing to show for this. I want the winner's purse. I want the grand prize. I want to be champion. Hall of Famers can tell me to shrug it off, but you already reached the top. You finish your stories. I have not. And he goes in on Paul Heyman saying, well, if you want another title shot, you have to earn it basically. And Cody's like, how dare you say that I haven't earned anything in my career because that's what I've been doing this entire time on my journey from WWE to other places, whether I was being on the undercard to being stardust to being out of the company to being on the indie scene to being EVP to being the main event to being the guy from being the derelict wolf that was able to come back here and not just earn it, but I am it, damn it. And he was going the fuck off. It was a bar and I was living. He calls out Brock Lesnar saying, oh, this guy comes out here. And for 20 plus years, he's a predator and he marks everyone he sees as a victim. Rookie year in WWE in 2002, The Rock, champ, victim, John Cena, victim, Undertaker and his streak at WrestleMania, victim, all of us, victim, me, victim. And I should be afraid of Brock, right? And I am. I am afraid of Brock, but I ain't scared to call him out because I want Brock Lesnar to feel like the prey for the first time and not the predator because I am going to be the predator and Brock Lesnar is going to be the victim. And I would love for Brock and I to meet at Backlash in May in Puerto Rico to really settle the score once and for all. Cody drops the mic. Brock is back next week to answer that challenge. And I thought Cody Rhodes was fantastic during this segment. This guy cooks on the microphone at a very high level. And I know there was this fear of Cody verse shit coming our way, but this guy is able to finesse any situation in his favor. And I love him for that. And this promo absolutely ruled. The people are with him. And I'm praying fervently that WWE finds a way to crown him in the next few months. He's next guy up. He is someone that can anchor your company as the face and your top champion. I truly believe that. And for this guy not to lose a modicum of his heat post-WrestleMania, 
is remarkable. And he has been able to navigate waters from Sami Zayn being super hot heading into Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania season and surviving and still maintaining his aura, his heat, his essence. That's huge. And I want that for him by beating Brock Lesnar at Backlash. And then what's next? Hopefully Roman reigns again. We're going to get a thousand days in. I get it. But after that, it's time to move forward and crown Cody before the moment passes. Tried it at WrestleMania, fell short. I'm a little iffy on that still, but if he maintains his heat and aura heading into the next rematch, you got to crown him. Stop playing around. He's got next, period. Just roll with it at this point. Next up is the Usos versus the Alpha Academies, Chad Gable and Otis. This was my second favorite match from last night's show. Chad Gable is great. We know this. The fans realize, oh shit, this guy's great, even though he's playing a heel right now. But when he makes that babyface comeback, the fans are rolling with it. And at various points, he had that crowd in the palm of his hand. Otis as well, as he gave the people what they wanted, the Caterpillar on Jimmy Uso. Then we have him and Chad Gable deliver this doomsday bulldog to Jimmy for a very close snowfall. fall. From there, we have Jimmy and Jay trying to wipe out Otis with double super kicks that sent Otis over the announce table. Chad Gable responds by delivering a moonsault to both Usos on the floor. The pops the crowd, gets Jimmy back in the ring, goes for a headbutt dive on the top rope for a near fall that gets the crowd into this match. They want Chad Gable to put off the upset, but unfortunately for him, he is going to get hit with a double super kick by Jimmy and Jay Uso after a blind tag by Jay, and they hit the 1D on Chad for the win. And this was a very fun match down the stretch. Chad Gable, this guy's the truth. He's charismatic. He's funny, but he's uber talented. And if WWE listens to the crowd response, Afro Academy could be a very viable babyface tag team whenever the draft takes place. If you break them up, I get it. If you see value in Chad as a single star, I put my hand up and say I totally agree but I think there is more valuation and there is more oomph with Otis and Chad Gable being a good babyface tag team moving forward but as always we shall see next up is Eo Sky versus Mishin and Piper Nevin the winner will face Bianca Belair for a shot at the Raw Women's Championship at a date to be determined and this match was all right the crowd was kind of so-so for it Eo Sky was the most overdoing this match delivering moonsaults to Piper Nevin and Mishin on the outside. Mishin takes out Piper with a dive early on as well. But it comes down to Mishin landing the eat defeat on Piper Nevin. But we have Eo Sky come through with the moonsault and wipes out both ladies and pins Mishin for the one, two, three. And Bailey had to maneuver this match for her team because Eo Sky and Dakota Kai did not want Bailey getting another shot at Bianca Belair's championship. They said, What about us? You had your shots, you lost. All the time last year. It's our time now. And EO Sky was adamant about that. And Bailey gave her the golf clap after she won. So you can definitely sense the tension between damage control. That could really heat up heading into the WWE draft in a few weeks time. But good win for EO Sky. Expect EO and Bianca Belair to deliver a very high quality women's championship match on the Raw side of things very, very soon. 
And now it is time for our main event involving one half of the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. This was a very competitive match. Owens worked on one good leg due to the attack by Solo this past Friday on SmackDown. We got Jimmy and Jay causing problems at ringside as well, but Kevin Owens takes out Jay, but eats a running hip attack by Solo. As we go to commercial break, we come back and KO responds with a DDT. They trade fists back and forth until Owens lands a super kick, but he's unable to make the charge in the corner for the cannonball, which allows Solo to land a super kick, followed by Kevin Owens fighting back with a frog splash for two. Goes for a stunner, but Solo turns that into a Samoan drop for a near fall. Owens is going to bring Sokoa down from the top rope as Jimmy distracts the referee. Owens lands a picture-perfect seton bomb from the top rope for a very close near fall. Sokoa boots Owens, but Owens still manages to hit a pop-up power bomb. Solo blocks a stunner. Jimmy and Jay once again cause more trouble in favor of their brother Solo as Jay super kicks Kevin Owens. Solo responds to a super kick of his own, followed by a Samoan spike for the victory. The bloodline proceed to beat down Kevin Owens until Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle make the save. They attack the Usos on the ramp. They double team Jimmy for a bit until KO responds with a stunner out of nowhere. And then Jay is set up for the Huluva kick by Sami Zayn. But Solo makes a save at the last minute and Solo's running for a fight. But his brothers hold him back as Monday Night Raw goes off the air with the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions KO and Sami Zayn setting tall alongside Matt Riddle who has beefed the bloodline still dating back to last summer and early this year when he was laid out with a Samoan spike and a chair wrapped around his neck. Hip attack courtesy of Solo Sokoa as well. And I smell six-man tag team match on TV and or backlash of Puerto Rico in a few weeks time on Peacock. And I am here for it all as Roman Reigns is going to be on vacation, presumably at least through the next PLE. And he'll be ready to go for the King and Queen of the Rings special going down in Saudi Arabia in late May. But all in all, good main event. Babyfaces get their heat back after the Usos and Solo wiped out Sammy and Kevin this past Friday on SmackDown, despite Matt Riddle making the save. But we shall see how all of this plays out with the bloodline still crumbling from beneath with Roman having his eyes set on Solo as his new lieutenant and icing out the Usos every chance he gets. And on that note, this wraps up a pretty solid Monday Night Raw, much better than last week's show, even though half the crew was MIA due to travel issues. And I appreciate WWE for being honest about that, saying that a lot of our stars are not here tonight. We're going to try to truck along do the best we can. And I thought that Corey Graves was a great voice of reason all throughout the show. He was very dialed back in terms of his heel work on commentary. He was a nice lead voice more so than Kevin Patrick, who's supposed to be the color guy. But Corey was an anchor last night, which I don't say very often, but he was good. He was someone that I believed that had conviction and was honest on commentary. And he was not a full-on heel, which was refreshing to see. I want more of that. And if somebody wasn't there last night coaching him, thank God he was able to operate on his own and be that voice of reason that the fans can lock into like you do with Michael Cole on SmackDown and pay-per-views and PLEs every month. And with that, this wraps up episode number 167 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter. They can tell me tweeting about these podcast shows that drop in the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do is Restoptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, I Heard Radio, 
Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon, Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back, hopefully, maybe, possibly tomorrow morning recapping NXT with the nightcap. We'll see about it. Charge my head and I'm a heart just in case. But until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Oh, 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 o